We depend largely on the public to help us solve crime. On May 10, 1967, three boys ages 11, 13, and 14 went missing in Mark Twain's hometown of Hannibal, Missouri. In season three of The Lost Boys of Hannibal, Boots on the Ground, we discover new information and details into the boys' disappearance. These are boys, little boys. You don't know what happened. You should try to find out what happened. Nothing should deter you from that. So, yeah, it angers me a little bit. When the deputy mentions these trees would have been here 51 years ago, that's when I immediately knew who we were looking for. Join us as we journey into Hannibal's biggest mystery to find the truth about what happened to Billy, Joey, and Craig. Welcome to the Lost Boys and Hannibal podcast. I'm your host, Frankie, and with me, as always... Chris Ketters. Hi, Chris. <laughs> Frankie. How are you? Good. How are you doing? It's been a long time. Oh, no, it hasn't. Only only a few weeks, right? Oof. <laughs> our last episode, our last season finale, I think, was like in October of last year. Yeah, it's been a little while. There's been a lot of people that uh, on our forum that has been like, uh, when are you releasing an episode? Do you guys even have a podcast anymore? <laughs> Actually, the numbers are like, why even do a podcast right now? Yeah, well, our, our numbers this past month have been almost as good as they've been all of last year. So. It's, it's unbelievable what's happened. So thank you for all the new listeners. Um and some of the haters out there, thank you too, because we need you. Yeah. We need you because we have, I don't even have to fight anymore. Everybody fights for me, which yeah. is awesome. Um, so we appreciate that. Um, hate lets us know how well we're doing. It's a measurement of success, Chris. Yes. You got to have haters. Especially terrible things like Reddit. Anyway, <laughs> so as we begin to kick off boots on the ground, as we take more of a serious note here on the podcast, we actually do have boots on the ground right now, Chris, don't we? Yeah, we sure do in different ways. And uh, not only that, but we have people that are we're in contact with constantly. I, I literally uh, just kind of behind the curtain. I had a conversation with Julie Angel, who we interviewed last season. Uh, so that gives you a direction of what, what we're looking at. Uh, so there's literally boots on the ground and Rich Yoakum's still in the play. And uh, there's a lot of action going on. Yes, Rich Yoakum has recovered um, once again. From COVID, he had a terrible car accident. He was in a couple years back, so he's indestructible. I'm yes. pretty sure he's a superhero. <laughs> so, Rich, so. <laughs> so, Rich, if you're out there, if you're listening, um, we are enthralled that we were going to be working with you and Julie again this season coming up. So that is on the cave side and the road cut side and all those other things. And then there's, of course, the nefarious and salacious side, which we're still digging deep and another name mr ray farrier has re-entered yeah. and emerged yeah we it's been uh, we kind of let it go to the backside, and then all of a sudden we get new information that uh adds more fire to that that we didn't know about we thought it was just you know a few letters and maybe a map and now there might be more to it yeah and then jackie myrick is going to be 
just overwhelmed with all the stuff we're going <laughs> to hand off to him soon. He still he just told me a few days ago, he's like, I'm going to get to the stuff you just sent me. Don't worry, I'm working on that. Yeah, so he's been so busy. So thanks to Jackie, he's been awesome for us this past year. Yeah. And uh, congrats to their kids and, and my niece and nephew. They all got first communion together. So that's yeah. that's what's been like kind of the, 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 the busy stuff that he's got going on at the home front in North Carolina. So um, I think... You know, once again, I think the reviews have been awesome. We've been getting a lot of reviews. Our reviews are continuing to tick up on Apple. It's how the algorithm works. So it is important if you have not left us a review on Apple Podcasts, they are changing a lot of their methodologies now. And it seems that we've been having an uptick on a bunch of different things that are happening. So uh, right now, if you haven't done that, um, you should do that. As we're talking, just like go down the scroll down on your iPhone unless you're driving don't do this when you're driving please <laughs> we don't want to have another podcast based on that no but i do want to give another shout out not we've been talking about iTunes we've been talking about uh, you know Pandora and all those other places we don't really talk about this one very often but we need to and that is Podbean we have to give some love to Podbean because they've recently featured us uh, in their true crimes. So uh, we want to thank everybody and all the newcomers that have found us due to the uh, Podbean uh, featuring. So we really appreciate Podbean doing that for us. And uh, welcome to Lost Boys. Yeah, welcome to Lost Boys. We're over, uh, I think we're over 3,000 followers on Podbean. Podbean featured us. And then we're in the top something on their true crime cast. So I know Generation Y has has dropped some notes on us as well. I'm going to try to find that. I love those guys over there. It's the first podcast I listened to when I moved to Missouri. Absolutely fell in love. Then I found out they were in Casey. So they're another Missouri podcast that is, you know, something that we aspire ourselves to be one day with the Lost Boys of Hannibal. But maybe after season three, we might have some conclusive answers and we might be doing something like the the how and the who yeah. versus the why we we always hope so that's that's the truth and so uh with that we also want to give a shout out to the uh holiday and express in hannibal um they've always taken care of us and so all the staff here is awesome so thank you so much for taking care they of us. actually you walked in the door just again behind the curtain we're recording at the holiday and express right now in hannibal behind the curtain frankie walks through the door and says hey it's frankie so they they obviously know uh, frankie from being here multiple times always lead with your name yes <laughs> <laughs> And the Mark Twain uh, Brewery still yeah. has great food, but unfortunately, there is some bad news about yeah. the mozzarella sticks. And maybe, in triangles, maybe this podcast can bring them back. Maybe. So maybe, you know, where we don't really do the whole, like, donate money, maybe we can just have a petition and maybe, like, a protest to bring them back. We have expanded our horizons a little bit, though. we, we got to give a little more shout-out. Uh, Finn's on Main Street is another great restaurant and bar. And also want to give a shout-out to Wayne's Barbecue, I believe. Wayne's Barbecue is awesome. And our our guest tonight for the first episode to really bring you guys into the fold of what we've been working on um, ate there with us. And, yes. And um, we're, we're big pork nacho fans. But their barbecue is is amazing. It really is. Their brisket was uh, really incredible, and it, it can rival anything in St. Louis. So check out Wayne's Barbecue. Check out Finn's. Check out the Mark Twain Brewing Company. If you're in Hannibal, give Holiday Inn Express a, ch- um, a try. I think I love it here. I stay here a lot. But we will be featuring another place 
um, as soon as we get some uh, paperwork together, because we have some exciting news about a potential new headquarters for the Lost Boys of Hannibal. Um, but we will probably alternate between Holiday Inn and there because they've just taken care of us over the years. And so that is your seven-minute update. <laughs> <laughs> now on to the meat and potatoes. Add on into the meat and potatoes, Chris. Tonight we have a very special guest. And we kind of hinted a little bit with some of the the teaser that we had that we did take down. And we will explain why we took that down in a couple episodes from now. But for right now, this these next two episodes are really going to intrigue you. Because for the first time on our show, we have a direct descendant, sibling, sister, Denise Hogue. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Frankie. So, Chris, you want to... Start, um, yeah, with your deliberations. Sure. Yeah, so um, <laughs> we, we we've had a great time together. We've been together for a few weeks now and, and talking. And uh, before, just again, you know, I think I've said this three times now behind the curtain a little, little bit. We talked about doing some different questions and stuff, and then we got to thinking, you know, our conversations are so fun just talking to each other that we're just gonna have a fun time and talk to each other tonight. So, uh, like I said, Frankie, uh, Frankie said, thank you so much for being here. and. I guess just uh, start us out with um, give us kind of emotions. I mean, you've been involved with this for many years now, and just tell me where you're at right now. How are you feeling? Uh, a little nervous. I'm not used to doing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, I mean, just just don't look at Frankie. It'll be fine. Just, yeah. you know, he, he can be scary. Clearly sometimes. my face <laughs> makes people nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you know, the anniversary's coming up. And it'll be 54 years. And usually this time of year, you know, we get a little little sad, you know. Brings up memories. You get to thinking not just of the boys, but of the family members that are no longer with us. Yeah. And that's something actually just uh, we were talking about a few minutes ago was uh, when you used to have family get-togethers. And, and let me actually start with this. One of the things I brought up to you, I have a brother that uh, is eight years older than me. So it's not like we have a big gap, but we have a little bit of a gap in age. Your gap in age between you and your oldest brother is a little bit different than that. Yes, there's 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. So when you were born and uh, when you were growing up, he was already out of the house. Yes, he was. Yeah, so that's got to... That's got to be, uh, I, for me personally, that would have a weird feeling to it. But I mean, that's just normal for you. That was just the way of life. Yes. Um, and it was interesting because I told you the other day how I found out probably a few years ago that uh, I learned that he worked as a CO1 in the Department of Corrections and him being the oldest. And that is where I worked. You know, in 98, I started as a CO1 in the Department of Corrections. So that was really interesting to me. And you me. didn't even know that at the beginning, no. right? No, I did not. Yeah, so it uh, makes for a very interesting uh, kind of recollection and not knowing that. But, uh, you know, the other thing you mentioned just a minute ago, kind of want to get into was, you know, this has been a prevalent thing in your family's history. I mean, it's been something your family's talked about. And... Uh, you know, your parents obviously talked about it a lot, but even in family get-togethers, you guys talked about it a lot. What was some of the theories, you know, back in the day? Was there always a prevalent theory that you had in mind of, of maybe what happened to the boys or uh, things like that? Well, my mother always believed that they were buried under the roadbed. Um, she was pretty good with intuition, I, I felt, and she felt that there was a cover-up. Yeah. 
Um, and that a lot of it was based on um, Bill Karras was supposed to go with them to a wedding reception, and he showed up at the house muddy and had to end up getting some of my father's clothes to go and told my mother that that she need to, that they would never find him hmm. and that they need to quit their search. Wow. So that and Bill Karras and Conway Christian were really good friends. And after that, we learned that they weren't friends, you know, that that kind of their friendship kind of went aside. Yeah. And that's something we talked about. And we I think we've talked about in previous episodes was that that re- we were always under the impression that the, the relationship between Conway and Bill wasn't necessarily due to those means, but it was due to. Uh, how Bill presented himself in the situation and he was always trying to be the showman and he was propelling off of rocks and, and doing all this thing for the media and that we our impression was always that it was Conway that was that was upset that he was going that approach but maybe it sounds like there may have been more to that story yeah there may have been yeah yeah since you brought the name up I'm gonna change subjects just a, just a hair how old were you when all this happened I had just turned five on May 2nd so you said something to me, and I think it's it was the cutest thing. And I don't know if that's going to make you blush or not in saying it, but uh, you had a crush back then uh, during the search time, didn't you? Yes, I did with Conway Christian. Um, I remember having a crush on him. He, you know, being little like that, I don't think I really knew the severity of what was going on, but he gave me t- attention. And as a little girl, you know, you like that. So I had a crush on him and remember having a crush on him as that's, I grew up. That's uh, that's amazing. That's that's really fun because it adds a lot of um, personal nature to what we have. We, we talked a lot about the, the names of these people, but you're really making it more personal. And so just for the audience, I, I think that we've, we really focus on Joey and Billy a lot because the podcast is centered around them. But as a hug, there's a total... For the audience, there's a total of 11 Hogue boys and girls, correct? Yes, there were seven boys and four girls. And can we go through the names? So the oldest was Mike, correct? Uh, Mickey, yeah. Michael, Michael, Terry, he was a junior, but we called him Mickey. And then we had Bobby, um, Lenny, and then Fred, Tim, no. <laughs> There's 11 of them. Keep that in mind. <laughs> Debbie, Tim, Joey, Billy, Robin, Danny, and myself. Wow. So it was a huge family. Yes. That's awesome. And so were was this just, was your parents, your dad had brothers. Did yes. they have just as big a family as or no? Um, there was one brother that did, and that was my Uncle Jack. I they had a large family and i'm not real certain they might have had more than us <laughs> wow. wow yeah and then my mom she had two brothers and my uncle ray he had a big family too wow so and then you have um two sons and a, and a daughter correct yes okay and your daughter's also been involved um with me and chris over the last couple of weeks and that's candace yes 
Okay, and we hope to get her on the show because she is a feisty one. <laughs> and she has a mountain of notes for us. Yes. Um, so unlike some people that can comment on where we got things wrong, Candace is actually going to come on the show and be like, this is what you got wrong. Yeah. So it's going to be a real good clarity show. Um, I'm going to call it Chris Ketter's Clarity because I got everything right. Um, so, <laughs> And I'll be happy to accept it. Right. So can you, um, as you know, there's, there's a bunch of different theories that, that roam the circles of the Lost Boys. Um, and this this is kind of a, a, a more personal question, but when Wingate's book comes out, right, and you're in, in the beginning stages of that, you were you were kind of working with him to help promote this book, correct? Weren't you giving him some some angles to take or some stories that he could be not with his first book, no. Okay. No. It was after his first book is when some other things came to light. So what was your impression of the first book then? That's a good question. I don't have a really good answer, though. (laughs) I can tell you about his second book and what I felt. You know, the first book, I think we thought he had, you know, that he had our family that he thought, you know, to heart, you know, and he was a good person. It was after his first book that we realized that he didn't. Um, cause we even asked him, are you r- going to be writing another book? Cause, and he told us, no, he told me and my daughter, no, we will not be writing another book. Um, we went down to a book signing and I had to stand in line for an hour and a half to have a book, these books signed. I had mine and my daughter had hers and then I had my brother's and he had has four boys and they got books for them so i was having them all signed and i thought why would you have a family member stand in line for an hour and a half why would you make me stand there you know instead of trying to do mine and get me out of the way so i didn't have a good feeling but the good part was that i did get to talk to a man an older gentleman and i can't think of his name that was from st louis and he did the search too and it just broke my heart. He was, he felt that he didn't do enough. And he said, I feel like I failed your family. Really? And I assured him that he didn't fail my family, that it was not God's will. You know, if it was, we would have found him. And we had a good talk with him while we were waiting. Okay. Um, well, thanks, thanks for sharing that because we've always – um, kind of in, in our first couple episodes as I was going through all of them because it had been a long time since we had done a podcast and how to angle season three was kind of hard because we set forth with the documentary and we started filming. And it's not that we're not going to give away what we're filming, but we want two different angles. In the podcast, we have more leeway. We have more stretch. We have more ideologies that we can talk about. A film kind of locks us into 90 minutes. And so having you is is really important for listeners because there is insight that you can give there's light that you can shed when we talk about this certain author which i'm just going to stop mentioning his name because after the stories that i've heard from from you and candace it just feels like this is where we talk about people profiting off the dead and mm-hmm. trying to and you did, did you see that turn in the second book when when things kind of went away what was the what was the problems with the second book when he involved you guys what, where, where did it start he he lied to us. He misquoted us. He even said that we said things that we didn't say. He's a very manipulative person, you know, tell one person one thing and not the other. And he wasn't, 
forthcoming with information he had. Interesting. And do you know why he would do something like that and not give the information to you guys? I mean, because you you guys are still in the, kind of the hunt. There's there's a search going on. There's a possibility that John Wayne Gacy's mentioned. This is the, the heart of that book is a major serial killer. This is a person that wreaked havoc in the Chicago area in the 70s. And, and this is kind of the, the topic of soul speak. And so he's not letting you on information that he that he had. I th- I think it's for fame. He wants he wants to be he wants the fame. He wants fame and money. So at the end of that book and the tribulations that not only you went through but also some of the mediums that were involved with that book also mm-hmm. had I mean there was a there was a point where there was litigation that could have been served and stuff because of libel. There were mm-hmm. things that were being said and so for the audience if you don't know what libel is, libel is you're saying things about people that aren't true and it's defamation of character and therefore you have the right to take action against said person. In uh, the case of Soul Speak, what was your impression of that book when it when it was finished? I had a hard time at first even picking it up and reading it, but as I read it I was just kind of appalled that he lied throughout it, that he made he made up a lot of stuff. Um, he one of the things he said is that he asked to interview me. That's what he he said. I you know I asked you if I could interview you, and I said no. You never asked if you could interview me. He goes, yeah, I did. He asked if I was available to talk to him, and he called me, but he never once told me that he was interviewing me for any reason. Plus, the girls that he had talked to, he never did ask them if he could videotape them or quote them or interview them even. Wow. So we didn't know that he was writing a second book. He led us to believe that he was not writing a second book. So all the while he's, quote-unquote, interviewing you, which if you guys are new to podcasting, if you're new to documentary film – when you interview someone you have to directly tell them what you're interviewing them for and what the context of that is and what can be used and what cannot be used uh journalists good journalists and writers which are very hard to find today but when you do find good ones they will always say is this on the record or off the record because if you don't do that some people are not willing to reveal everything but they can give you more insight to further the research just not with them and so what he basically did was he blatantly um asked you questions that he would later use not against you but in a in a book that you might have not given permission to Mm -hmm. and that's what kind of could set off some certain emotions because he could misquote you which he did there's a lot of truth and untruths that are not in the book Mm -hmm. and so basically this this book eventually if you guys don't know the story the um, the book gets published it gets put out there and there is a big to-do in the town of hannibal and it basically the book signing is canceled. Uh, Candace tells the story is, is pretty much a circus that happens and ensues. And the reason why I'm bringing all this up is not to ash can anyone. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because right at the start of this book, me and Chris start a podcast called The Lost Boys of Hannibal. And so you had just been essentially with the book, there's old wounds and there's stuff. And so the podcast now comes out with a very similar a similar title. And the reason why we chose that title was not because of the book. It's because it's, it's how the boys are known, right? And they're the Lost Boys of Hannibal. So we chose that because it, it's, a, it's a marketing tactic that we didn't want to go the missing boys of Hannibal because then people are like, oh, these other boys? And, and then that, that causes another to-do that we didn't want. What was your first impression when the podcast came out? Well, I was informed there was a podcast. 
Um, my daughter has been following you all and re and listening to everyone. And she goes, I really think you ought to listen to this podcast. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to do it. And she said it several times. I'm like, no, I, I don't want to hear it. I don't, I don't care to listen to it. My niece even, um, reached out to me and asked me if I would talk to you all. And I'm like, no, I will not. I just felt like people want to make something, make money off of us. And I'm not about that. You know, if somebody wants to make money later, if we ever find them, I don't, I don't care. But I want it to be about my family, not about fame and money. Correct. And I didn't feel like anybody had us at their, you know, at their best interest. For you guys. Right. Yeah. But then I, um, my daughter called and she said, look, I really think you ought to, maybe we really need to be talking to him now. You know, I think they have something that we might want to know about. And then uh, Brittany Buckwalter had sent me a message too the same day within like an hour and kind of said the same thing. And so I'm like, okay, that's a sign. I need, I need to talk to you all. Yeah. And so and, we met. Yep. And so I called you and we talked and we met and. I think you're all are really, you know, you're all great guys, and I think you all have my family in the best interest. So, Frank, well, I, I'm going to go ahead and say this. One of the things I, I haven't told you this yet, Denise, but I, I was telling Frankie this. I think we were eating tonight. I said um, we were just we've had a lot of opportunity. We've been together a lot in the last mm-hmm. few weeks, as I mentioned, and and we both just admire you honestly. And, and I actually said I went as far as telling Frankie is like she feels like like my aunt. <laughs> I mean, we have such a good relationship, and I, I just like being mm-hmm. with you. And you have that aunt feeling to me, so I think it's a it's good to know that we have a mutual um, feeling for each other. So, mm-hmm. and, and I, I'm going to go ahead and kind of point this out and appreciate what you just said. But you know, that's always been our goal too. Is is we've we've wanted to we've always wanted to find the boys. That's always been my personal goal. And I've even said in a couple podcasts last season, I said, you know, even if we can't find them today, I want to take my research. And, you know, there's tons and tons of it now. I want to put that out there in the public. So mm-hmm. 50 years down the road, 100 years down the road, if it can't get solved now, somebody doesn't have to go through hundreds of hours of research. And unlike, unlike the, the author we were talking about earlier, where I'm sure there's not a situation where you're going to be able to get his research. Um, I want that to be available because this is just steps in getting forward and finding the boys. And that, I think, for both Frankie and I, that's always that's definitely been a goal for us, you know, for the last two years. Well, I want to I want to say I appreciate both of you because everything that you all have you share with me, and I haven't had that with anybody else. It's like they tried to keep things from us, and then we got to learn about it in a book later, mm-hmm. you know. And that's one thing I do appreciate. It's like we're working together, and you're all not keeping me in the dark. Yeah. yeah. No, having having the hugs on the on the podcast, but also within the research that we're trying to do, because as you know, as Candace knows, and the rest of your the family that you've spoken to about this, we can't speak for the Dows, but our best interest is with them as well. Like we, we want to help them solve this. And, and, you know, maybe that comes down later down the road. Uh, but, you know, even from the initial response of it, I know that <laughs> Candace has some uh, interesting words when I when I said a certain thing on the podcast was, and I think that you also that you guys lived it, but you live it, you live with it every day. Yes, I mean it's every day. So, so I apologize. I mean, I I probably assumed that you probably didn't want to hear it from the scratch because you because you lived it. Even our listeners and, and some of the people that we met today um, over at Lover's Leap for the kind of the dedication, our, our kind of our little reunion up there. We meet some fans and some 
uh, do some Q and A with them about, and they always get like some some top knowledge. So they they walked away today. I think they they actually ended up at the brewery. I think <laughs> um, with some knowledge that other you know members of the audience will will find out uh, when this episode airs. But at the same time, I think that um, understanding that that where the Hogue family is and has always been is with these boys and finding them, mm-hmm. and that that's a fifty four year old mystery and journey that you guys have been on and so it's very courageous and and i really can't thread the laces of understanding what that means to lose a sibling or a son or a daughter and i hope i never have to face it um and so i think that what what the audience what we want the the listeners and the audience to know is that you know we are we will continue to share the knowledge with the family and the family will approve some of the messages that we're saying on our podcast because it's important that the stuff that we are bringing to light right now and hopefully there will be some resolutions in the future there will be some marks on the ground and also boots on the ground and we can get as far as anyone ever has and not to negate any work that's been done before us but we have to take advantage of the technology that is in that that we have at our disposal right now, and so I think the next couple um, next couple months and weeks will really reveal you know what we have in store for boots on the ground and the podcast. Most certainly, yeah, and um, it's it, you know and like you just said, it's been great to work with with you and and Candace and Candace and I we've mentioned some of this about the uh working together Candace and I have had multiple zoom sessions together going just just taking minutes of of going through and saying okay what about this was this right or do you know about this or or did did your did did the parents have did they have a car did your grandma and grandpa have a car at that time you know uh, which which we found out they did yes. right yes. which that's something that we didn't know we were under the impression they didn't have a vehicle at that time so um, it's just little stuff like that we're working to put all this together and for me again it's great from the research aspect to be able to say now we have the definitive papers and the definitive information that we can we can have to go forward and and it's been so great that uh i've been able to say all right candace uh here's our google access here's our here's our mandalay of all of our newspaper articles and it's been great to have that open communication and be able to to really get all the information put together yeah yeah and she's she's invited to the slack channels and as i receive stuff whether it's a text message a photo or something i send it to you immediately or we have a phone call so it's kind of like me it's me and you and then it's chris and candace you know (laughs) and then on the side it's candace and i (laughs) exactly and so um as we wrap this first episode with um denise i want to thank her for her time for the last past weeks and our, on our next episode, we dive a little bit deeper into her theories and where the boys might be and where she stands today um, with the search for the boys. So thank you, Denise, for being here. And from all of us here at the Lost Boys of Hannibal podcast, I'm Frankie Cambaletta. I'm Chris Ketters. We'll be seeing you. Dude.